All right, cool. Um, ooh, 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 wait a second. Okay, can, can you hear that? There's like a weird, yeah, there's a vague voice of God echo. So, and uh, okay, cool. I've killed it now. Good, good. I have killed the voice of God. Let's get ready to rumble! And welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. My name is Tosin and I am your host this week on the podcast that tries to look at what's going on in the cinema, what's going on in Netflix, writes films that we've seen this week out of five and then gets an average and says, oh look, it was you were better off spending your money this week in one or the other. Uh, with me, joining me on the Isle of Wight is Sharon. How are you doing, Sharon? Hello, I'm well, thank you. Mm. How are the Midlands today? The Midlands are scorching. They are absolutely scorching. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, they, it's actually, it's brilliant sunshine. I was up in my loft space earlier and it is boiling up there. It's just kind of like, it's actually uncomfortable being in the loft space. But I mean, outside is pretty nice. Yeah. Well, what's it like on the island? Well, it's been a bit cloudy today and a bit cooler, but that's quite a relief when you're working in it. So it's been, yeah, it's not been, it's not been bad. We're hoping for rain. We're just hoping and hoping that we are going to get some. Oh, all right, cool. So the island... The island's actually, then, so if it rains, it's not going to be people crying, going, oh my God, what happened to us? It's going to be people going, oh, thank God, finally. It's going to be like, oh, the, everything needs the rain. We need the rain. Although being... And I've got... Mm. You know, sorry, you were saying? No, I was going to say, on the forecast, it looks like we've had rain, but it doesn't ever come. <laughs> it just sort of passes us by. <laughs> well, I just... So, we're hoping. Well, yeah, but I, I have a theory, right, that it's... Being British, whatever happens, whatever weather type we get, it's going to be a complaint. Oh my God, it's too cold. Yes. Oh my God, it's too hot. Oh my God, it's too wet. <laughs> it's it's the wrong weather at the wrong time. But... It's always the so wrong we're looking weather. forward to we're looking forward to rain if we get any. <laughs> All right, cool. So I, I was actually thinking this week. Um, of actually just before we even start, just saying, okay, that's it. Netflix has won this week because for some weird reason there seems to be nothing on. Nothing. Or- no, what's happened at the cinema? Is it, is it because, you know, one company, is it like Disney owns everything? So they decide that, you know what, we're not going to compete with ourselves. We're just going to put one film out at a time. And so there is just no variety. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's just really, really, really weird. Because I'm looking, at, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm not sure whether, okay, because we've been doing podcasts together now for like, what, three, four years Yes, a long time. Yeah, and all that time, we keep going to the cinema, we keep seeing films and all that. But I don't think I've ever seen a time where I've thought, hang on, there is nothing new out as much as it is now. No, that's right. Because genuinely, I do go at least once a week. And I haven't I haven't been for two weeks because they're literally just... As, I know we've had, we've had like Hobson Shaw last week we reviewed. But the last month, I've really thought, I'm going to have to see something. I think I've looked and I thought there's got to be something there for... A grown up to watch and <laughs> there just hasn't been <laughs> and i don't think i remember a period of this length of time where there's not been either an independent film or uh you know that's one of the sort of low-key films that sort of slept on crept onto the radar i just don't there just hasn't been the volume of films that um, we used to get so i don't know whether that's just a, a sort of the economy or whether it's People are holding films back because they don't want to clash with things like The Lion King or, 
you know, the Spider-Man film, but I don't know what it is, or the Hobson Shaw film, they think, oh, Fast and Furious, we've got to you know, make room for that. I don't know what the reason is, but it's certainly been a bit of a desert in the cinema at the moment. You see, th things like this make me think that overall Netflix might be winning. So we talk about Netflix versus cinema, and I'm thinking, yeah, Netflix might be winning this thing because if there's such a dearth of stuff at the cinema, there's nothing to go see, you're just going to sit at home and watch Netflix. So uh, yeah. that that becomes the normal. So, <laughs> but but anyway, I just thought, just to sort of prove my point, I thought I'll go through the films that I actually own in a local cinema, the one I usually go to. And we yes. have, so today we have The Lion King. We've seen it, we reviewed it. Seen it, yep. yeah. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, seen it, reviewed it. Toy Story 4, seen it, reviewed it. Spider-Man Far From Home, seen it, reviewed it. Yesterday, seen it, reviewed it. Yep, that's all of them. <laughs> yeah, And I, you saw The Current War as well, didn't you? I, I saw The Current War, which seems to have disappeared already. <laughs> seems like that, seems <laughs> like that was that was like a, a week a week review or something like a week. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, okay, looking at the things for tomorrow, it looks like a little bit better. We have The Lion King, Fast and Furious, or, or rather, call it Hobbs and Shaw, Toy Story 4. We have Playmobil the movie, which I know you will not be watching. No, but I think that's assured of that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Angry Birds movie two, Angry Birds movie two, which I know you will not be watching. Blinded by no. the light. Now that does look like a movie for grown-ups. Oh yes, the the Bruce Springsteen soundtrack film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The the thing yeah. about the, the Pakistani youth in growing up in Luton in the eighties who ends up with the love of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, that looks. Yeah, like that a... sounds promising. That looks yeah. good. Spider-Man: Far From Home. Then we have a film called The Art of Racing in the Rain, which probably wins uh, my, it, it wins my my award for the worst title of the year so far. <laughs> yes. I know it's based on a book, isn't it? Probably with a with a title like that it better be <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they better well, have a good the... reason for calling it that. Yeah, I mean I know it's about this like the narrating dog and I'm like, Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> yeah, then yesterday Annabelle comes home. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. So yeah, there's there really is not much out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, this week I was uh, I had friends visiting from Hong Kong. So hey, Katie. Or oh, well, Mike wasn't here. Katie was here, but she came along with the three kids. So we have we essentially we went back and saw The Lion King again. So um, and saw yeah. quite a bit of stuff just sitting at home on Netflix. And I'm thinking, uh, I've got to admit, it feels like a losing battle for cinema. It really, really, really does. Yes, I think it's going to struggle. Yeah, it's... It, it, oh, wow. And Anyway, anyway. I'll put my, my sort of, like, my my sadness about that aside for a second. <laughs> so like, and I'll, I'll yeah, just... I mean, we do this because we love the cinema and we like the cinematic experience, but it's like, come on, give us something. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... It, it, it feels like it's changing. I, mean, I, I don't want to bang on too much about it. It does feel like it's changing. I don't want to sort of like get, up to, get onto a soapbox and start like, you know, crying and everything like that. Be, look at it, people. Look at it. Look at the state of the world we're in. I know that there's, I know there's other things to bang a drum about, but it does make me a bit sad that it seems gone are the days where every week, you know, you would have a new release. That yes. just Yeah. It just seems... I, I don't think it's been... I think this is different. This feels different. It doesn't. It feels like this hasn't happened for a long time, but now all of a sudden it's just like a dearth. Anyway, but I wanted to kick off by talking about the Lion King. Oh, yes, you did a rewatch. 
I did a rewatch because obviously this time I went I went there with three kids under the age of ten to go to watch the Lion King because I had seen it obviously they hadn't seen it, and seeing it the second time is actually a bit funny because I th- felt like when I when I watched it this time I felt almost as if I was more able to divorce it from the original, so I wasn't okay. going. Yeah, I wasn't going in there going, well, these people are just making remaking this film. Why do they have to remake this film? Ah, I'm just going to sit here and be like, you know, all well, uh, I was able to go, okay, let's just try and take this film on its own merits. Now, everything I said in my review last week or the week before, I still hold to. I still do feel like it's a bit anemic. I still do feel as if it has magic missing from it, everything like that. But I had a mm. much better time with this film the second time I watched it. So... So while I would give it, while I would still, I would give it three stars and everything, but I think the second time around, I was like, okay, all right, okay, yeah, that, that kind of works. Yeah, I still do feel like if this had been the first one that was released, it would not has would not be seen as the classic. It's still technically a Marvel, but I just thought it was, I just yes. thought I need, I just I need to say something like that, just in case I was a little bit harsh the last time. <laughs> say, just in case I was a little bit harsh, that I watched it again, had a better time with it, um, but I do think that everything I said in the review still stands about the yeah. strengths and the weaknesses of the film and the whole thing of taking taking and replacing. Uh, well, of, of going back and touching something that was magical and trying to make it again and trying to catch lightning in the bottle twice, I, I just I don't think they've done that. But I just wanted to say, had yeah. a better time with it the second time round, managed to divorce it a bit more from the original. So, so there. Well done to all involved. Well, that's encouraging. That's well, encouraging. What did I know? We never mentioned it the last time. But what did you think of the new Beyonce song? Oh, I Spirit. do not like it. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I thought it was something or nothing. It was just yeah. Beyonce singing Spirit over the over and over and over again, and I just uh, thought, yeah, uh, it didn't well, add I, anything at all. Yeah, I feel. I feel like it's it's Beyonce. The first thing that comes to my head is warbling. Is warbling over the just like, yeah. And he it, said twiddly bits. He said there's all the, the Beyonce twiddly bits in there. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I don't know. This, oh, okay, I'm, I'm about I can feel it. I can feel the rage building. I can I can feel <laughs> <laughs> I can feel a rant coming on. The red <laughs> mist is just oh, yeah. I can okay. feel the rant coming on. Because especially at that point, right, in the well the I think the original soundtrack that they used in the film for that point where because it's used when Simba's running back home, the original yes, soundtrack, so heading back towards the the Pride Lands Pride, or whatever. Yeah, 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 heading back towards the Pride Lands. The original song that was used there, great. I mean, the original music that was used there, great. In the stage musical, they have a, for me, the best song in the entire Lion King world, is a song called "He Lives in You," and that song is kick ass they have like uh they have a south african language version of that song over the end credits and even there i sat down in the cinema and listened all the way to the end of it because i was like that yes. is such a good song that's a good song yeah and to not use that song there but instead come up with this new what i think is like is they're going to be trying to go for best original song at the oscars and to put that i put something that has nothing to it in there i just feel is like uh it's it's a sin (laughs) yeah and so i yeah i don't like it i don't like it but i'm trying to i'm trying to just sort of like you know sharon you see you got me on a rant i was trying to i was trying to give the film a compliment yeah you're trying to be mellow and be uh, be (laughs) chilled about it 
Yeah, I'll, I'll but start... no, because we never discussed the soundtrack before. Because I know with these, the when they've rejigged these the animated films into live action or whatever they do, um, not that it's quite. It's not they haven't used real lions in the Lion King. I appreciate that. Yeah, but apparently they, there's there's you know, one they, shot of a real they, lion. They in add, it. yeah. Is there really? Yeah, wow. yeah. They put it in there so that to see if you can tell the difference. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, they normally they tend to. I know they've added new songs, haven't they, to the various musical ones? Anyway, I know they did in Beauty and the Beast, and yes, they did. They did in. Did they do it in Aladdin? Add a new song. Yes, they did. That one was. Is that the one? I won't be. The, I will not be silent. Or what? Yes. Is that, is that the new song? Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought. I know it's the, a thing. They they add a new song. So, but I know we didn't discuss it the last time we talked about Lion King. So yeah. I did want to just get your opinion on that as someone who knows the original soundtrack probably very well. Yeah. Um, whether it adds anything or not. I mean, I've 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 not. I'm not an expert on any of these films that they rejig. So to me, when they start doing a song, I think. I don't know that it's not a new song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so every now and then you think that's a slightly different tone or a slightly different yes, mood to the it, others. It, it, yeah, sometimes it jars. I think mean, I think the most successful time that they've done it was in Beauty and the Beast. The yeah, the, with Evermore. Yeah, with Evermore, and Evermore is a good song. That it yes, it's, it's a good song. It doesn't stick out compared to all the other songs. It feels like yeah, it feels like it feels like it's part of a whole. Um, yeah. In Aladdin, that new song "Speechless" sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> it, it's just you're like this yeah. is this is not like this any is not other... Aladdin. Yeah, the, yeah. The, how, all of a sudden we've gone into Frozen. What, what, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, and I think in this as well, I think this spirit song it sticks out like a sore thumb mainly because, well, it just sounds different from everything else. It's it's been beyond defined. Yeah. It's a, a and I don't know. I don't. Know. I know that they do have some sort of like you know South African rhythms in there and all that, but it it, it doesn't it doesn't fit. I don't think it fits. No, I because I I only noticed it because I thought what's what's going on here because well, I didn't know the soundtrack very well, but I knew that there that was like the odd one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it, it just it sticks out. It sticks out, and it's yeah. and they should, they need to stop doing it. They they need to stop doing that. <laughs> At least, if you're going to do something like that, make sure that it fits. Make sure that it sort of like gels. Don't just chuck yeah. something in there. But anyway, calm anyway, down. breathe. Calm but down. you know, we've addressed an issue that was, you know, on our both of our hearts, obviously, but we didn't express it. Okay, cool. But anyway, as I said, I went back to see the film, and I had a better time with it the second time round. <laughs> hey, good. We end on a positive. Yes, yes. Oh, good. I just remembered something else I can complain about. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> so, okay, we're gonna go into we're gonna go into the actual sort of like reviewing. And as you said, there isn't much yeah. this week. So we have one film from cinema, and we have um, we have one film from cinema, and we have two films that we've seen, two things that we've seen at home. So obviously, yes. we have two TV series which we did not review last week. We spoke about them in our also ran section last week. And we, yep. didn't re- we didn't review them because we said that, um, well, our rule is that if you're going to talk we about... Have to... Sorry, carry on, Sharon. Our rule no, is... I was going to say, the rule is we have to have seen the whole series or the whole season before we can review it. Yes, if you're going to be talking about something like that. So you were talking... You, so I think let's kick off with Netflix because, as I say, I'm pretty sure this week Netflix has won just by dint of having more stuff that is actually... <laughs> 
watchable. Yeah. So does I. Well, actually, I watched this on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Okay, yes, you saw this on Amazon Prime. And also, my thing is also an Amazon Prime thing. But but um, <laughs> but when it comes to the main film, I have I have a good connection with Netflix thing on there. But okay, so cool. on Amazon Prime, you were watching Ride with Norman Reedus. Ride with Norman Reedus, yes. Yeah, uh, so, so I will... I, will, I won't assume that everyone who's listening listened to last week, so I'll give a little introduction to it. Okay. Basically, Ride with Norman Reedus is... Norman Reedus is one of the, the actors from The Walking Dead. He plays Daryl Dixon, who in The Walking Dead is a bit of a, a biker. Yep. He has a motorbike and he wears leathers. And the real Norman Reedus is a, a, an, a, a motorbike enthusiast. He's been riding since he was in his teens. And... So in this series, he's got together with different friends. Some of them are well-known, some of them are not. They're just his friends. And they go on these motorbike rides. And they're normally quite long. In terms of distances, they're sort of hundreds of miles. They travel in the course of like a few days. But in the series, he goes on a different journey with a different friend and obviously makes a film about it. So in season one, the first episode is the Pacific Highway. So he goes from Los Angeles up through to North California to where the Redwoods are. And he stops along at all the different points of interest on the way. If they're quirky, if they're about... He builds, he meets motorcycle builders and he goes to like biker bars. That is a theme that runs throughout the series that he does try to sort of have like the biker experience of doing these rides. Yeah. But yeah, they can be really, they've been really interesting. There's one they did, they did Death Valley. Uh, riding through the desert from Las, Las Vegas. They did um, the Appalachian Mountains, um, cool. just north of, in the south, where they filmed The Walking Dead. And the right. one, and they also did going down around the, the Louisiana bayous into um, New Orleans. Yep. And that's a whole... Yeah. Yeah, good, cool stuff. And then the last one was in the Florida Keys. And this last one I thought was interesting because it was the first celebrity that I recognised. But he did the Florida Keys with Peter Fonda, who is like a motorcycle legend, really, because of he did Easy Rider. Yeah. And what was quite interesting about that particular episode, it was the last episode in the season, was that he's walking around sort of Florida. They, they, they stop at certain towns and they go to different bars and places and try to get the authentic experience of being there. And some people take one look at Norman Reedus and go, Daryl, Daryl. And they start, can I have a picture? And they start mobbing him. And yep. then they went into a biker bar and everyone's going, it's Peter Fonda, it's Peter Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> and they were going up to Norman Reedus saying, how is it you're, you're here with Peter Fonda? <laughs> Whereas in the, in the, with the 20-somethings, they were like, I have no idea who you are. You, he's like his dad. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just have no idea who Peter Fonda is. And it's quite funny when you see him taking a step back and watching, you know, this was him 40 years ago, you know, when he would not be able to walk down the streets without attention. Now yeah, he's yeah. the one that he go, he's that anonymous. Yeah, and yeah. And Norman Reedus is like being mobbed everywhere he went. Yeah. But he's very nice about it. You, I think the one thing you get from the show is one, he's got a real genuine passion for bikes. And that he's genuinely interested in people. Wherever he goes, he he talks to people, and you see them like do like a montage of stuff, and you get the feeling that after he's stopped filming, he's still there chatting with the people he's met and yep. he's mi mixing with them. 
Yep. And also that he's much more articulate and artistic than you think he is. Because we only know him. I know we shouldn't judge an actor by the character he plays. But so often we we do. We tend to think of them as that one. Especially if they're only known for one character. Well, the thing with Norman Reedus is that I think he fits Daryl so well that even in the two episodes of Walking Dead that I've seen, you get you. It's it's hard to escape the feeling that he's playing himself. Yeah, I think that's how he does it. He's so good at it. But when you yeah. sort of get a glimpse of the real Norman Reedus, yeah, he's much more articulate, more friendly, more affectionate. Um, yeah, and he's just as much. He's got a real artistic eye. I didn't realize that he didn't start off as an actor or. He started off as an artist and he oh, was yeah. studying art and then he sort of fell into modelling and then he started acting later. So in his 20s, he tried, he lived in Japan for a while, he lived in Britain for a while and he lived in Spain just pursuing his art, basically, before right. he did any of the modelling or the acting. All right. So, yeah, he's and he, you, throughout, he sort of takes photographs all the time and you at the throughout the you see some of the pictures he's taken. And he does art exhibitions and stuff. So he's much more of a of an interesting person than than just Daryl Dixon. So I was really liked the fact that yeah, you got to see a glimpse of someone who we've all formed an opinion of based on this one particular role. And yeah. it's and he's so much more than that. So I was really um yeah, I really enjoyed sort of seeing that <laughs> sort of making that discovery really that Actually, I know we should not fool ourselves into thinking that, that char- actors are the characters they play. Yeah. But you can't help it sometimes. It, you just fall into that pattern. But, yeah, it's interesting to sort of get a glimpse of this, yeah, this much more interesting man than, yeah, this one role. So I really enjoyed it. And as someone who's been surrounded by motorbikes all my life, because my brothers have been, my, well, my one brother in particular, has been a motorcyclist since he was sort of, before he was legally able to ride motorbikes, he rode motorbikes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've been to your, I've been to your house. I've been to your house. I've seen the shed. So yeah, I can attest to that. Yeah, he's just a mo- he builds bikes. He rides bikes. He goes on holiday on motorbikes. And in my teens, I was um, a member of a not a motorcycle group, but my friend was a keen motorcyclist, and so we would go everywhere together. I would be her pillion. And so oh, I've yeah. been riding motorbikes as a pillion passenger since yeah. I was in my teens as well. So I've been aware of that motorbike world for a long time. So, But even if you're not a motorbike enthusiast, there's a, there's a joy to these programs about the scenery, about sort of the, the just appreciating the off-the-beaten track in some ways. Yep. Sort of travel logs. But yeah, so I, I really have enjoyed them. Oh, cool. Good stuff. And how many stars would you give Norman Reedus? Writing. I would give it a definite four star. Oh, cool. Good stuff. Good I stuff. Think, yeah, I hesitate to give anything four marks. I know we do occasionally, but I would say definitely a four star because if they have an American habit of where they have commercial breaks all the way through, you get this thing <laughs> coming up in the show. And it's like, just show it to us. Why show us what's coming? Just play it. <laughs> so we don't do that in British programs, but they do a lot of notice in American programs. Just before an American uh, ad break, they go, coming up next just so you'll stay tuned. But when you're watching it on a streaming site, you don't get commercial breaks. You just want to watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So I but, found but you those still, that's a slight But you still get a bit of the show that says coming up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So four stars for that. Uh, so you'll definitely be yeah. back for season two. Yes, I've already read, watched that thread. I have, I would, I would read the book if they made one. Um, but no, <laughs> I have seen the first episode 
where he goes riding around Spain with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan Ooh. in The Walking Dead. So you get oh, double yeah. Walking Dead whammy there. Yeah. Um, but I've only managed to watch the first one, so I will try to watch some more of those. All right, cool. Good stuff. Good. All right, and now let's go over to the one cinematic movie that we have this week, which I went to see, which was The Angry Birds Movie 2. Now... This is this the fact that I went to see this film tells you that there was no really literally nothing else for me to see <laughs> because yeah. because Angry Birds this is a film when the first one was made I I oh, the well, I didn't see the first one before seeing this film and when the first one was made I was just kind of like I am not watching that film this is a cynical money grab I don't what, Angry Birds it's an app it's a video game okay first of all movies movies based on video games tend not to do well because usually the the whole idea have you ever played angry birds on the phone no never so the whole idea of this video game it's kind of like imagine you're going bowling but yeah instead, instead of throwing a bowling ball at pins you're throwing a bird at pigs okay that makes yeah. no sense whatsoever like most apps like most things like candy crush what is that <laughs> but but but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I bet you that somebody is working on a Candy Crush movie, even though it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and, and whenever you have these things, and when they try and make them into a film, what they do is that they bend themselves into pretzel shapes, just trying to get this thing that doesn't have a storyline to have a narrative to make sense. And I'm like, why bother? Just no just let it be for goodness sake uh, <laughs> so i didn't see the first angry birds movie i mean i i didn't understand why because i played the game when it first came out i remember when it first came out i played it on my iphone 3gs and for those of you who've been following your phone to tell you how long ago that was and i thought mm, yeah okay and they said oh you want to pay for the full thing i'm like no i don't want to pay for the full thing but <laughs> <laughs> that's all there seems to be to the game and i have a particular bone to pick i realized that I think I might, maybe I'm getting older and grumpier, but I seem to be having a bone to pick with a f lot more things nowadays. <laughs> and I have a particular bone to pick with Angry Birds in that they were probably the one bad thing about when I proposed to my wife. Oh, right. Yeah, because I proposed to my wife in Singapore, and at the time we did it in 2013, at the time we did it, there seemed to be this Angry Birds takeover of definitely of Singapore, but from what I heard, it was it was going across Southeast Asia because a friend of mine, Anthony Lim, he when I put up when I, I put up something going, oh my, what is up with Angry Birds? They're taking over Singapore. He was in Hong Kong and he was like, yep, they've taken over Hong Kong too. Same thing over <laughs> here. So everywhere you went, it was Angry Birds plushies. Everywhere you went, we I proposed to my wife on a cable car going up to a mountain in in Singapore called Mount Mount, Mount Faber, and. We were sat on Angry Birds cushions, and there was an Angry Birds sticker on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is going on? Why are there yeah, Angry that's... Birds everywhere?" <laughs> what a way to make a beautiful memory. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. So, so they're the, they're like the one thing, the one thing about that that I make that makes me go, oh, "Man, I wish that wasn't there." But <laughs> yeah, I but... wish I could have thrown them out of the cable car. Yeah. Yes, yes. If if they let me open the windows, I would have. <laughs> but <laughs> but um uh but hey hey. She said yes, so I don't care. Hey, win-win. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so, I, so I've had this issue with them. So I went to see this film just because there was nothing else. And going in that negative, I'm glad to say that this was not as bad as I thought it would be. Hey, 
Yes. It was, I mean, I did fall asleep in the film. Take make of that okay. what you will. <laughs> make of that what you will. <laughs> I did fall asleep during the film, but it was not as bad as I thought. So the essentially this is one of those films when you come into the second one, the setup of it makes you know that there is that there's a story in the first one that you've missed, and it's up to you whether you can be bothered to go find it. But, but there's a character called Red who is pretty much the main bird that you use in the Angry Birds game, and he, I think I know what he looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's the. the I know he's like red with a beak, but. You yeah, know, he's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. a beaky bird. Beaky bird, big eyebrows. So, uh, yeah. so you have you, you you have red, and they they all keep some sort of char characteristics from the game. So he is the angry bird. He is like, but something has happened in the first film, and now he is the hero of uh, Bird Island, which is where they all live. So they cover this whole thing. Hero of Bird Island, and he everybody loves him and all that kind of stuff. And there's this running feud going on between Bird Island and Pig Island where they keep playing pranks on each other and he is the he's like the captain that says everybody loves him because of this then one day like a ma while they're playing pranks on each other a massive sort of ice oh ice cannon or ice cannonball falls out of the sky on pig island and they're like what where did that come from and they realize it didn't come from bird island it came from another island called eagle island and so oh. they so they ask for a truce between Bird Island and Pig Island. They say, okay, let's have a truce because we need to go fight this other threat. And this is where they do the first thing where I'm thinking, okay, they're, doing, they're trying to do something a little bit different with this. So Red, he, he doesn't want there to be a truce because if there's no truce, he's no longer the hero because there's nobody to fight against. So, ah. yeah, so he, he's, he starts going, no, 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 no. We, we've got to keep, we've got to be fighting until he realizes that there's a bigger threat and then they all get together and then decide to go fight against the Eagle Island. Thankfully, now this film seems to, it, it doesn't spend a lot of time on setup, which I thank them for. It goes straight <laughs> into it. It goes right, boom, 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 boom. This is it. That's it. That's it. Cool. We're going. And then when it turns into, it turns into almost kind of like, you know, one of these men on a mission or... Or pigs and birds on a mission kind of movies where they're like right we need to put yeah. together a team you you're this you you're that you you're that and when it does that the film becomes a lot better the film becomes a lot better and that bit of it is actually quite exciting and that was that was the bit i woke up afterwards to actually keep watching because cool. <laughs> yeah because there, there there wasn't there wasn't much in, uh, left with this there isn't much in this film to actually keep you what, what? <sighs> okay it's made for kids you were, you were complaining about films being made for adults. This film is made for kids. Yeah. There isn't much in the film to keep you engaged if you are not uh, if you're not a kid. If you're not <laughs> if you don't go, yeah. Ooh, pretty colours. There isn't much in the film to keep you engaged. <laughs> uh, but but it, it made me start questioning. I was like, if something is predictable, does that immediately make it bad? What's your what's your thoughts on that? I don't think it is, no. I think it's not the it's the, the telling of that isn't it you yeah it can be predictable but it doesn't it can still be well written and well told yeah yeah i mean I, you only have to watch romeo and juliet once to know how it ends well you get you know how it ends from the very beginning so it's yep. entirely predictable because you're told how it ends but it's not the ending it's it's you know the it's the journey to no, use the, no, the no. expression so i think predictability is not necessarily a bad thing 
Oh my god, cool. Good, because I think I've started thinking that predictability is a bad thing. So there were things that I was like, okay, well, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And I just sort of saw all these, th I saw like all these dominoes and I saw how they were going to affect the rest of the story as it was going along. And, and it made me think, maybe I've been watching way too many films so I've become too cynical or going to my whole grumpy old man thing. But people no, are laughing. But I... <laughs> and and not just you, kids. You think you're not... so obvious. Yeah, yeah, not just kids. I was like, well, why are you laughing? It was, it was really obvious what was going to happen. And I was like, oh, maybe it is still funny, even though it is obvious. So it, it's weird. I end up having a philosophical discussion with myself in Angry Birds 2. <laughs> just going, if it's predictable, does that mean it's no longer funny? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I'm If you not... can see it coming, does it mean? No, but I think it's the way it's, again, it's, I think it's the way it's delivered as well. But like yeah. most horror films, I know this is like, sean's bugbear isn't it that horror films can be entirely predictable but yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it cannot still be effective you, you just you can just see what's coming yeah yeah it's signposted but i think we if we're as you say as you're a regular cinema goer like with a regular if you're a regular reader you can read a book and you think and they've only introduced this character because they're going to be relevant later on Yes. And if this is a murder mystery, that means they're probably going to be a suspect or they're a red herring. You're supposed to believe they're a suspect. So yeah. you, you can read the signs because you've read enough to know what, you know, to know how these things work. Yeah. I think if we watch a lot of films, it's the same thing because we, we know how directors set up a plot that they, they will introduce something early on. And you'll think, well, that's going to have to be relevant because why do that? Yeah. Then I don't think it's a bad thing. It just means that we know how to read the signs yeah. of a journey before we get there. Yeah. Well, well, okay, cool. Thank you. Very succinctly put, Sharon. <laughs> but the, the thing is, at the end of at the end of the day, I just, uh, I, I mean, people were laughing when they were watching it. I think it's it'll be a good thing if you have small kids, take it, take them with you. They will enjoy it. And after I watched that, I decided to go back, even while I was in the cinema. So it tells you how riveted I was by this film to begin with. <laughs> while I was in the cinema, I was looking at my phone, going on Netflix and going, I wonder if they have the first, ang and Netflix does have the first Angry Birds movie on. Okay. So, so I decided to go and watch that earlier today. It's not as good as the second one. <laughs> so okay. essentially, essentially, I have like, you know, a 100% record now of falling asleep in an Angry Birds movie. <laughs> yes. You know the, what, Tosin? You're not tempting me to go and find these two films. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, good Lord. Sh Sharon, look, you know I love animation. And I, <laughs> yeah. You know I, lo I, I love animation. I know you don't. Yes. And I yep. am, I'm on a constant quest to get you to watch good animation. And no, stay away from this film. This will make my job way harder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This will not be the film that breaks my aversion to No, animation. it will not be it will not be the film. Oh, please stay away from this film because I, <laughs> I yeah, it, it will make my job trying to get you to watch good animation a, a lot harder. <laughs> so, so <laughs> well, please. I've seen Toy Story 4 this year, so that's my animation quote for the year. For, for the year. As far as I'm concerned. For the, yes, yeah. I know. I I know. I, I've I seen one, that's it. We're there. Yeah. Done. So yeah, I think the, I think the first one is a lot more of the cynical. The the first one has a lot less of a story to tell because you can feel them doing the whole pretzel thing, trying to take the yeah. basic premise of the game and make it into a film that with a narrative that you can that you can give ninety minutes of your time. And I I couldn't I kept I was watching it on Netflix and I kept looking to see how much time was left. I'm like, what? Another hour? <laughs> oh. Okay, cool. We must only have like 20. What? 45 minutes? <laughs> no. 
so weird. Yes. So I, I, think... don't, I must admit, I've watched films like that and you're thinking, oh, really? Just end. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, just end. We know what's going to happen. We know what story they're going to learn. Don't be angry. Oh, my God. Work with other people. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, but... The so, end, please. Yeah. Yes, yes. So maybe because I saw this, maybe because I had such low expectations, maybe because after seeing the second one, I went to see the first one, and I think the first one is a disjointed mess, um, I would give this a three. Okay. But, yeah, but solid uh, but unexciting. Solid, unexciting, but be warned. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it has an amazing. Both films have an amazing voice cast. I mean, everything from Jason Sudeikis to Peter Dinklage to Leslie Jones, <laughs> Maya Rudolph. It has they, they wow, and it's the kind of cast you can only get together for animation because you don't need them all around at the same time. No, uh, they can do their bit and yeah, they can email do a bit it, and, can't they? Yeah, exactly, and it's um. And, and Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom shows up in the second one. And Rachel Bloom is somebody who I don't think a lot of people know. But fans of a show, which is on Netflix, called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, would know who she is. She, okay. Yeah. Oh, you might actually, you might like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know that and the actress's name. I don't know. I can't visualize anyone by that name. But uh, yes, it's something I possibly... Yeah, I th- Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you the basic premise of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I think you'll like it. It's essentially this um, woman is a. She's a lawyer in New York. She's been on this sort of career track, and she. The one day she's going. To, she's told that she's going to be. Um, she's going to be made a partner, and then she realizes, um, you know what? This is not actually what I want to do. She runs out in a panic attack from her office and sees this guy who used to be her crush and her boyfriend when she was at summer camp when she was fourteen. And she's like, oh my right. God, it's a sign. Look, it's him. It's Josh Chan. It's a sign. And she has a chat with him. He says, oh, I'm leaving New York because New York is too hard. I'm going back to my hometown of West Covina in California. And on an impulse, she decides to just pack up everything and go to West Covina because she's hoping that she's going to get back together with this guy. And okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's the basic premise of the show. But it's, it's a homage to musicals. So every single episode has a song in it. Has at least oh. one so- yeah, has at least one song in it in every single episode. So think about the now. Musical. I'm more interested. Yeah, I, that's I know. I know that I know what you like. I know what you like, and that's, yeah. this, is, this is where the hook is. So if you think about every single, um, think about all the sort of like musical episodes of your favorite shows. So I know I think Supernatural's done. Buffy. one. Buffy yeah. did one. Buffy did one. So, Scrubs did one back in yes, the day. Scrubs did one. Scrubs did one. And it's uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Almost every episode is like that musical episode from that show you like. All right. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I've, I've watched most of it. I have to admit, I can't really review it because I watched most of it over my, over my wife's shoulder. So I would watch stuff, walk away, because the central character, I found her a bit annoying after a while. But it's created by star, stars Rachel Bloom. And some of the songs are hilarious. There is one called, there's one, which is a classic called the Sexy Getting Ready song, which is singing about all the things women do when they're trying to get ready for a date with a man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, if you can, I, I would recommend it. I think it. Oh, I'll have to try. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's clever. It's clever, it's funny. It had, oh, oh my word. There's a song in it that I absolutely love. And that would be <laughs> like, if you gave me a chance to perform one song in, in front of a crowd, it would be this song. 
the title of which I don't feel I can say right now. But okay. <laughs> but yeah, crazy. She's in Angry Birds too. Angry Birds too, and I can see why she's taking the role because the the character that she plays is the brains of the operation. But it's a woman who is the who is undoubtedly the brains of the operation. So I can I can understand why she did that, and especially if you're doing something for kids and you're trying to show them that look, women can be engineers too. I can totally understand that. Cool. So um, yeah. But anyway. Three stars for Angry Birds Movie 2. And now we go on to The Boys, which is what I was talking about last week on Amazon Prime. Yes. And superheroes this is... as nasty people. Well, superheroes as celebrities. So Yes, and so... narcissistic celebrities at that. Exactly. So if you think about the worst excesses of celebrity and the celebrity culture and everything like that, but you put superheroes in that, that's essentially what this show is. And it's so you, you have in this in the world of this show, superheroes are real. Superheroes have been around for a while, but they are they star in films, they star in movies and all that. So you, you have this corporation called the Vought Corporation and Vought, what they do is their, their only product is superheroes. They seem to own superheroes image rights. They so it's essentially if you think about it, they're kind of like Disney. And imagine, you know how Disney owned all the superheroes from Marvel? Yes. So Vought is like this big, big thing, big thing. So imagine if Disney had all these superheroes, but imagine if Iron Man, Thor were real people, but just owned by Disney and managed by Disney. So they star in movies, they have TV shows, they have merchandising and all that kind of stuff. And they are just seen as, oh my God, oh, these people is the Homelander. <laughs> Even though, and they're, they're number one superhero group that they have. They have a whole bunch of different superhero groups. Number one superhero group is, is one called The Seven. And The Seven are, they are, it's not even, it's, they're not even trying to hide the fact that this is a, this is a pastiche of the Justice League. So you have one character called the Homelander who is obviously Superman. He has, he has Superman's powers. Everything he does is Superman. You have Queen Maeve, who's Wonder Woman. You have The Deep, who's Aquaman. You have um, A-Train, who is Flash. And so, essentially, these characters are all just from, Justice, well, they're from the Justice League. The original comic, when it was written, it was written because the creator, uh, I keep forgetting which one it is, I think it's Scott Ennis, uh, he, do he doesn't particularly like superheroes. And he was like, look, this is the problem with superheroes. This is what they would actually be like they would think that humans were beneath them. They wouldn't care about life. Like, you know the, how people complain about all the superhero movies where they're just throwing themselves around through different cities and not caring about human life? Yeah. Yeah, so at the beginning of that. The Boys, they have an incident that really, really brings home how true that is. Like, in, I think it's, it's in visceral detail. I think that the comic, because I've, I have, I've read the comic, I've read the entire thing, I think it brings it a lot home, a lot more graphically than the than the TV series can. But then again, if they, I think they would find it really, really hard to do what was in the comic on TV. You would just right. because I feel like it works if you read it or if you see a drawing of it or anything like that. And it's one of these case studies for what works in what what works in print that might not work on screen. Yes. Yeah. That because I feel like if you did what they did in the comic on screen, it would just be unpleasant. You just wouldn't want to watch that. <laughs> so, so they've rejigged the story a bit. They've changed it round. They, you've got Carl Urban who plays a guy, character called Billy Butcher, who has a vendetta against superheroes. He thinks they're all bad. He thinks I don't care what they say. They're all lies. They say that they're fighting crime, but behind the scenes, they actually are. 
they are horrible people. They are a bunch of depraved people who need to be stopped. And that's his whole thing. You have a, char you have a character called Huey who loses somebody that he loves to a superhero. And so he gets sort of recruited in because they think, yeah, you are the kind of person who we need. You do not like superheroes. And, you, and they have this whole thing where they bring the team together. The way the team is brought together in the TV series is different from the way it's brought together in the comic. They have, they've rejigged things, and I think they've done it quite cleverly. And I think they've done a really good job of bringing the, bringing the story to life in the comic. There's some stuff that they haven't touched on, which I'm guessing that, because this is the kind of thing we know, it's an American TV show. Once they make a TV show, they're going, they going to be planning to do another season. So I think there's some stuff they've left for other seasons, but they've also changed the story because there's bits of it I'm thinking they're burning through a lot of the story and that they, they've changed the story so that there's bits in it where, um, so you can see where they would go in the second season. Yes. You can see. They've we, left themselves room to expand. They left themselves room to expand, which I, and, and okay, we've all had this conversation about Game of Thrones and what happened when Game of Thrones ran, yeah. ran oh. out of story and what they did with it and how it changed and all that sort of stuff. And that is my, is that when they stop having bits to pick from, from the books and they start expanding on it, will it still be as good or, but at the moment it's good. They haven't run out of story. They've, it's eight, eight episodes for this first season. I think it's quite good. I prefer the comic book, but I feel like that what they've done is probably as best as they could have done. Um, the way they yes. handle the characters, I feel like the character of Billy Butcher, who's played by Carl Urban in the in the TV show, is another thing you can do graphically. He's just big and imposing, and he's he's. You feel like even when he's being friendly, and even when he's being pally, there's this underlying menace that you get just from yeah. reading the comic. You're like, this guy is not good, and I. I <laughs> And it doesn't come across. It doesn't come across as well in the in the TV show, but I still think I think that they all do a good job. I think all of them do a good job, and I love the fact that they have because if you read the original comic, the main character of Huey, who is called Wee Huey because he's Scottish, they made him American in the TV show, but he's he, he's Scottish. Billy Butcher's English. They've kept Billy Butcher's English in the TV show as Cockney. The, the uh. main the main character of Huey looks very familiar. <laughs> And he 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 is he actually has Simon Pegg's face, so okay. <laughs> so, and the creator said that he was watching an episode of Space, saw Simon Pegg, and went, "Oh, that looks like the kind of guy who I would put it." And so he just drew this guy as Simon Pegg. And in the in the collected editions that I have, Simon Pegg has written the he's written the foreword, <laughs> and he said, "Oh my God, it's so great to be immortalized this way." When I saw my face on this character, and Simon Pegg shows up in the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does he? Oh, good. Yeah, as a, and it's one of these Easter eggs that I, once he showed up, I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah! I get it. No one else will get it, but I get it because yeah. I know stuff. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and because it's made by Seth, it's executive produced by Seth Rogen and okay. Evan Goldberg, who did, who've done a whole bunch. Of, they did um, Superbad and all that. So there's a lot of pop culture-y, no knowledge there's a lot of nod nod wink wink stuff there's stuff that yeah. they do the, the stuff they do with the tv show about one of these superheroes who when he was a kid was in a tv show and uh where he could read minds and, and i think what they do with it there's just within about within about a 10 second space there's about three easter eggs that made me laugh out loud i was like oh my god oh, <laughs> oh no way no way they've done that they've done that so it's i think it's a really really good show i think that they they 
all I can say is watch it because as you might you might realize I'm trying to talk around things because I yes like, you don't want to give any plot away uh, yeah, which is I fair enough I don't want to give any plot away because if I start talking about how they've changed this from the book or anything like that then it spoils both the book and the TV show but it's, yes uh, I would say it's good and especially if you don't like superheroes if you it's a satire on exactly what superheroes are doing in the world nowadays so the, there's bits about it that I'm like this is like a really clever multi-layered thing about the way Hollywood is taking uh, uh, Hollywood is being taken over by superheroes and how like you know what we're talking about about the fact that there's nothing in cinemas that isn't there's just nothing in cinemas because yes. everything's been taken over by superheroes and big corporations who are just right and it's like this is this is a big thing and there's a really clever thing about how they're trying to get superheroes into the military and the way in which they <laughs> the way that storyline goes about getting superheroes into the military it's like ugh, it becomes a satire of politics and all that kind of stuff i think it's really good i would give the tv the first season so this is the boys season one i would give season one four stars and wow good yeah i hope it continues i hope it continues i i'm intrigued to see what they're doing and how they're changing it from the original story because as i said i love the original story but we'll see what happens as we go along i'll give you four stars i'll, I'll recommend um, going along and having a i recommend going along and have, having a look having a look yes um, although if you're a massive superman fan you might not like what they do with the superman facsimile <laughs> okay it's certainly one that i've looked at and thought yeah that's going to be on my to watch list at some point yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i can really so, recommend yeah, it it's sort of yeah interest me yeah that sounds good four stars okay. good yeah so um you know what we're talking about things being predictable earlier does it make it any less yes. really predictable i hope this show i'm is, still excited yeah i hope this show is still pretty, is 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 good because we predicted it from the beginning we told you what was going to happen <laughs> so and yet you still listened hey yeah, hope if you if you're still listening at this point in time thank you thank you for still listening you made it all the way to the end so all there's left to say is who won this week and the answer which we told you at the beginning of the show is netflix i guess netflix and friends because the two shows we spoke about were yes. actually amazon prime which is by a point because they both got four and angry birds movie only got three um which might have been generous but i don't think uh, i think it's just about it's just about a three yeah uh, so until until next week at which point there might be something else to watch i might have to go yes. back into cinemas and watch playmobil the movie which <laughs> and i shall probably have to see horrible histories or something <laughs> oh no you've got blinded by the light blinded by the light yes that's right oh i have got something to watch that's a relief. yeah you got blinded by that or, or you've got the art of racing in the rain Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It just sucks the life out of you saying it, doesn't it? It really, really does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a bad title. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. All right. We was, well, we'll have, we should hopefully have something in the cinemas that we have seen by next week. We will see yes. you then. Thank you very much for putting up with us until this point of the show. Yes. Yes, thank you for me too. And goodbye for me too. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>